Hello, and welcome back to the Socially Distanced Podcast. I'm Al Manorino, the managing editor of ThePopBreak.com. With me, as always, is Bill Bodkin, the editor-in-chief of ThePopBreak.com. Bill, how are you? I'm doing good, man. I know you're feeling it today. You know what? We got to give it up to Al. You know, he's he's put, he's doing the Lord's work today. He's been basically a stay-at-home dad for the past few days with a one-year-old. Been there. The fact he's hosting this podcast, he is basically Rambo, but his brain is oatmeal pudding. Although, he still might just be Rambo because, like, you know, whatever. You know, the brain wasn't too solid. But we are... I don't think... I don't think your brain is solid right now. No, is, is your come brain on, oatmeal we, pudding? No. You, come on. At least for the last decade. Um, so <laughs> we are joined on week 17 of the podcast by, you know, we say it a lot, but we also are very selective on who we have on this podcast. One of our favorite people, she's the social media manager of the site and has, I, I've mentioned her on various podcasts I've been on. Uh, if you see a lot of the great um, messaging for charities for black lives matter for trans rights for pride month she's she is the person who does all this she is one of my favorite people alicia weinberger welcome back to the podcast hello it is i childless millennial alicia weinberger (laughs) (laughs) oh my god can you first of all two things one that could be like part of your twitter like name you know how people have been like putting like different names for the twitter should be like (laughs) Alicia Weinberger, childish millennial, or no, no, no. You, you can just make said that... childish millennial, which is even oh, I know, worse. I know, and that's what I was going to say. Both uh, are true. Childish <laughs> or childless could be your rap name if Ch- you start if you started a SoundCloud. <laughs> Ch- childish millennial. <laughs> just be careful on SoundCloud. You'll be like us and get all those uh, messages from uh, housewives. And it's always deleted. Or, hey, bro, you want 100,000 people to listen to this podcast? Just give me your checking account number. <laughs> well, my, my new my new Twitter um, bio is maybe made of cake because that's the new hotness now. Uh, that's great. I really like that. <laughs> can we can we discuss I, uh, that for one second? Oh, yeah, sure. Absolutely. What, what, what do you want to discuss? I mean, I love cake. I mean, yeah. look at me. I mean, this is a podcast. Look at me. Um So, I've seen a lot of cake competitions and, like, and cake-making shows in my day. And it's Mm -hmm. just, like, and, and like, the creativity you get with cakes is so awesome. I remember I saw that first one where they cut into the uh, crock. And you're like, oh, my God, that's a cake. Does any of them look edible to you guys? Or is it just, like, oh, here it's just, like, a whole bunch of fondant and crap? Yeah, they're 99% fondant. They're literally, like, do you want diabetes? Go for it. Take a bite. Already there. Don't want it more. <laughs> our, our friend uh, and and uh, frequent guest on the pod, Kat Manos, she... The unofficial she third host of this podcast. Unofficial third host. Yeah, she she basically tweeted out saying, like, uh, fondant's gross. Like, these, these look great, but they're fucking disgusting. And uh, I totally agree. But it has become a pretty fun meme of, like, uh, there's, like... You know, proving to your friends that you're not cake, and it's there, just like people with like, knives in them and shit. The Brooklyn Nine Nine <laughs> one with Chelsea Peretti, where she yes. had a knife in her shoulder blade. I was just like, just like not cake, and I was just like, you know what? That's a good one. Good on you guys. Yeah, yeah. The cake, the cake fad, uh, which is strange to say, is uh, probably one of the most lighthearted things that happened this week. Um, that's a segue into 
the podcast. What the actual fuck? This week, seriously, what the fuck? Oh, man. So the podcast was basically started because of this whole coronavirus pandemic that we have been dealing with for uh, basically, what, almost 20 weeks now or something like that. We started this podcast uh, 17 weeks ago, and it happened a little earlier than that, I, re- I remember. Roughly, At least yeah. quarantine started around when we uh, when we did our first episode. So yeah. we've been dealing this a long time, and we've, you know, quite recently we've had restrictions lifted and stores opening. And, in the uh, state of New Jersey, you know, we're all three of us. Yeah, in the, uh, sorry, in the state of New Jersey for the three of us, uh, public public places opening up like I, I was able to take my my son to uh, a couple zoos with you know with restrictions you know social distancing masks everything like that i got a sweet but, haircut what are you gonna say i got a sweet haircut you did get a sweet haircut yeah um but yeah so it's you know things seem to be getting better in terms of that but at the same time uh because of the strict restrictions being lifted um we're seeing another wave of more cases, more more uh, more people getting the illness, going to the hospital, and of course more death as well. So um, it's not been great as of as of late. Um, but one thing is 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 always there for us, and that's Disney World, because for some goddamn reason uh, they reopened Disney World in uh, in Florida, where they had a record number of cases this week, I believe. Uh, Sunday, it was over 15,000 new cases. Yeah. Which is so, the record um, once held by uh, California with 12,000. I think New York had 11,000, like in March or April. Yeah, not the records that Disney wants to be breaking right now. I know the box office is, is like, non-existent, but, like, they have to just, like, cut it out with record-breaking. The, you know, this is this is an obvious issue. And something that I want, you know, we wanted to talk about in the pod was like, you know, who doesn't love Disney World? Who doesn't love theme parks? It, it's I would it's one of the Felicia just shot and she's like, I she's fucking just hate like, Disney and I fucking uh, hate theme parks. <laughs> oh well, man! Yes. Oh man! Here we go. Oh, yes. All right, it's great. We're gonna get to that in a second. But Bill, you were actually one of the more uh, someone I know who the one of the most recent people who've been there. You went last year. Oh, in October. Um, yeah. Guys, yeah. So you went, yeah, pretty pretty recently, and you got to see the the Millennium Falcon oh. at you know at Galaxy's Edge. That was still very jealous. That was, I mean, yeah, seeing the Millennium Falcon, you walk around that corner, and I I was just like, oh man, this is this is the coolest shit in the world. It was it was super rad, and I'm someone who is like totally like one of my best friends, former roommate. He's like he's been going to Disney his whole life, goes like two three times a year. And I'm just mm-hmm. like for most of my life, I've been like I like I went in '86 and '96 and then 2019, and I was like I don't get it. Like, what's the big deal? And then I was like, okay, I got a kid. I'll go. Like, whatever. Who cares? Like, I, it'll be fun, sure. And then I got there, and I was like, oh, I get it now. This like is the most fucking magical place on the face of the planet, and there's nothing better than coming out of a just terrible doldrums of mental health decay and destruction and going to Disney world and just like forgetting every problem you've ever had. And that's legit. I'm not being sarcastic. It was amazing. And also had the best beer I've ever had in my life. Uh, and I've got, 
but yeah, this is the dumbest fucking thing in the world. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. regardless, like I literally calm myself at night by watching like Disney food blogs on YouTube because I want something like slightly murderous to myself, but also mm-hmm. like super calming and taking me to a fanciful place. Yeah. And I know that Florida for a long time was like not hit with COVID. I mean, nerd alert, but like, you know, WWE's producing shows from there every single week. Like literally as we speak, well, I think it was finished Monday Night Raw live, like AEW's uh, doing it in Jacksonville. Like there's a lot of stuff happening right now in Florida because it was like not a lot going on. But now it's really bad. It's the epicenter of yeah. the world. Like, they were hitting numbers. Like, when everyone was like, oh, my God, a few months ago, when Italy was terrible, and we're like, oh, my God, like, so many people are dying in Italy and getting diagnosed and then getting diagnosed with it. Like, Florida mm-hmm. is crushing that number. Yeah. And we're, and it's like, but yet, I, and I, follow, like I said, I follow this stuff, like, on Instagram and social media, and, like, there are people there. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I get it. You want to, mm-hmm. like, escape. The, the just the horribleness that has been 2020 but it can wait till you yeah. might not die like seriously mm-hmm. and i like I, I sound like i'm joking but like this shit is so we don't have a vaccine we don't have like anything and and, and from reports you you see like people are doing the i call it well a lot of people call it dick nose where this the, the nose is over the the mask or people are forgetting their masks, or they're not washing their hands, or they're not social distancing. Like they're saying, from what I've read, like Disney is doing everything properly to disinfect and distance, but it's the people themselves that are fucking it up because they're not following the rules. And we see it every week in New Jersey. At least you were telling me you went to, you decided to run because you know, mm-hmm. let's let's you know, physical fitness is always a good idea. Like exercise, and, ex, <laughs> exercise, and like it's the worst name ever. Uh, but it's like you know, you saw people. We see people in the food stores or Target or wherever we go, like the limited place we go. See people. I, I passed the boardwalk in Belmar, down the Jersey Shore, a couple the last week, and so many masks. That's why the yeah. governor's like, if you're outside and can't distance, you have to wear a mask because there's a bunch of idiots on the boardwalk who mm-hmm. won't do it. Yeah, I mean, I've been to a bunch of places with, uh, you know, with these restrictions, uh, even down in the Jersey Shore where I am currently, and not at my current residence, but, you know, we've been to outdoor bars that are, it's it's a very strange situation where you're masked, masked up uh, when you're walking around and at the bar, uh, but not when you're sitting at your table, which is a little strange. Obviously, you have to, you know, drink and socialize and stuff, but like... I feel like germs are still going around. I don't think it's the best scenario. Uh, but again, you, you've already mentioned it. We're trying to live our lives and, and you know try to escape the the horror that we've been living in. But you know, California, I think today announced yeah. that they're they are uh, going back to closing all the bars and closing all the movie theaters that they had recently reopened. It, it's getting and, bad, and, which again. includes Disneyland. And and I was telling Alicia before we started that uh, yeah. Disney Hong Kong. Hong Kong has 50 new cases, like from zero yeah. to 50, and they shut the whole country down. They did. They shut. For fucking 50. Shut. But we're not, like, doing, like, 1,500. Yeah, it's it's nuts. In like, one uh, state. So, um, Alicia, I want to hear why you don't give a shit about 
Disney, yeah. theme parks, and I mean, obviously, you're also a moral person, so you're like, please don't die, anyone. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't, even before all this, I like, li- listen, I'm not a, I'm not a, like a humbug, right? Not a Debbie Downer, I like the thing. Like, I would like if it get... if also we changed your Twitter pro- profile to, it just, your de- the description was a humbug. A, b- a humbug, a Debbie Downer, maybe made a cake. Uh, <laughs> 26. <laughs> <laughs> the baby made a cake thing just totally got me. It also that's like the, bottle that's like the, the worst uh, hinge profile ever. Or the best hinge profile. Thank you for the inspiration. Gotcha. If you I, actually make that your hinge profile, please send me a pic. I, I've, <laughs> also, I've also recently updated my hinge profile, and I've definitely mentioned screaming into the void more than once, and I have gotten more matches. Okay. So, um, anybody wants to swipe right on me on Hinge, let's go. Scream into the void. I, I mean, I, I am a product of uh, internet dating. That's where I met my wife. But what is what is the what is the uh, idea behind Hinge? Okay, all right. So you got. You so got we'll get three, to Disney right? in a second, people. Don't worry. I got to figure out what Hinge is. You, you got your three. You got your Tinder. You got your Bumble, and you got your Hinge. Tinder. Never really messed with Tinder because I've been told, like, you know, like, not to shame anybody or anything, but, like, that's definitely how you're going to get an STD. Um, it's like going to records, too, but, you know, you, you were smart and got out of there before you got it. Yeah. So so Tinder has become um, the red tube of the internet dating apps. So <laughs> <laughs> That is the best. Oh, that's man, excellent. that could be an episode title right there, the red tube of internet apps. Because it's just it's just so rapid fire. It's the fast food of, of the of the three big dating apps. So you're just rapid firing, just swipe, 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 swipe. Right. That's Bumble, my favorite thing I've heard ever. Bumble is a little better. My brother a, loves on Bumble. I I, and I think yeah. I think yeah, and plenty of fishes. That's the another free one. Yeah. So Bumble, the way Bumble works, and it was explained to me. I tried using it. I didn't really care for it because it was a little too. For my preferences, it was a little too hit or miss. But basically, Bumble is a little more, um, like, women-focused. So, for yeah. example, if if a person of the opposite sex wants to swipe on me, um, I have to basically consent to that conversation. But I have, like, so it, it's, like, it's strange because it's, like, somebody can swipe on me, but I have to wait to swipe on them. Yes. So for example, if we're pulling from a pool of 50 and I don't know, math algorithms, but w- the way it was explained to me, if there's a pool of 50 people and like number five swipes right on me, but like I have to get through like 20 other people to get to number five, even though I was like number two on his list. Oh, that's fucking numbers, yeah. dude. That sucks. Yeah. Or their list. So, and then Hinge, Hinge is a little better because it's a little slower. It's like an encapsulated um, Instagram feed. So it's like, here's a picture, write something funny. Here's another picture, write something funny. And then you can either, um, when you match with somebody, you can either comment on their picture or like their funny little blurb, which I'm sure the other two can do. It's just a little... It's got the best of both worlds, in my opinion, between Tinder and Bumble. So, the holy trinity of millennial dating. <laughs> I love it. I definitely, I definitely challenge somebody to Mortal Kombat on there. Like, like literal Mortal Kombat. 
No, they, I mean they like, like like a game or yeah. just like let's let's fight to the death. They on an they, they had somewhere. yeah. I mean, pretty much they had posted a picture of themselves sparring at a gym, and I was like, I I will let's fight first date. Let's do it. That's amazing. <laughs> I kind of don't want to talk about anything else on this podcast, but Alicia's, like, (laughs) internet dating stories, because they're great. I got a couple great ones, too. Um, I have literally zero. You dated the same girl from high school. We know. (laughs) Zero. Um, But going back to... I've seen those pictures. Don't show them to your kid. Going back to Disney, uh, (laughs) Alicia, I want to talk to you specifically about, because I I know that you're a, a creature of the internet, and you've probably have seen this, but... You saw that uh, when Disney reopened, they basically came out with this, like, reopening video. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Which was um, – oh, you have to watch it, Bill, if you haven't. But basically – Oh, like, no, I've seen both versions. Okay, because we're going to talk about the second one in a second. But the original version is basically uh, different cast members or uh, uh, people who work there masked up, welcoming people back to the park. It is a horror show if you watch it. Um, and – the people of the internet geniuses that they are, they uh, did a re-edit, but they made it Jurassic Park, and it's fucking hilarious. And oh, it, I haven't exact- seen that one. I've seen oh, the one where I've one? seen the one that what was it that Nando, our former managing editor, uh, posted. Uh, Jimmy Simpson from Westworld had retweeted. It was basically uh-huh. like like horror movie music, and every mass person's Got like, it. "Don't come." Yeah. We don't want to die. Like, oh, like it was funny. like someone doing that. Yeah, and it it, oh, it, no. it fits a little no. too well. Yeah, well, the the Jurassic Park one's amazing. So it's basically the exact same thing, but they're cutting to people getting ripped apart by dinosaurs. <laughs> and it's awesome. If you have to watch it. You haven't watched it, but anyway, the reason I brought that up is just like, I mean, this is basically a horror movie, and I know you're a horror aficionado, so like. What, what do you think the outcome of this is going to be? Like, we already mentioned giant spikes in cases. Disney World is going to be a fucking Petri dish at this point uh, for COVID if they're going to stay open because Florida is basically Amityville at this point and is going to just stay open for, you know, it doesn't matter if there's a, a shark attack. They're going to stay open. Um, what, what, what do you, how do you feel this is going to end up for Disney World? Um, what? fucking awful like awful i I don't understand listen i'm not a big uh, by no means do i have any sort of official academic degree in pr or marketing or what have you but neither do we (laughs) how did anybody approve what well let alone the decision to reopen right how did anybody look at that ad and focus group it if they even did focus test it or whatever think like that it, like you didn't even have to edit it it looks like a, a fucking propaganda like it does post-apocalyptic i, like, I actually i actually purge. i actually can answer this because i've i've i followed it a lot and i was just like because i thought the same thing I'm like how could anyone see this and be like this is fine I'm great with this. Yeah, it, it, it's terrifying because those those poor staff members, whether they're actual staff people in their commercial or actors, it, it's even more eerie because you can tell they were told to like smile, and like you do not see them smiling with their eyes because of the masks, and it makes it worse. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's there. There's such a like. Like I said, I I like I I'm a big fan, and I, like if if like I could 
go back and everything was clear, I would go back in a heartbeat because it's so much fun and it's just a, like a, a really great escape. And, and, but, I, and I worked, I worked in, in a place for prior for six years at, at a retail space where, and I'm not knocking my friends, but a majority of my coworkers were really, really Disney obsessed. Not yeah. knocking it. Never been in my entire life. I really don't, unless like if it was a drunken like bachelorette party, like let's go to Disney World. I don't see myself even bringing if I ever have a child, bringing I, my own child there. And I could so, tell you, I was the same way. I, but I, I, I don't understand. Like, isn't it three hundred dollars a day? Who is just like, who is well, just, like? How many people are just like ready to go? There's ways to finagle it. <laughs> I, I, I did like. There's I, but that's neither here nor there. Like, there's ways to finagle the price. Like, because like, because yeah. I went like um, like late, and there was like off days. There's all sorts of bullshit ways to get in there for cheaper. But, also, mon- money's irrelevant when you're in Orlando. Okay. It's just like, oh, oh, it costs money? Whatever. There you go. Yeah, it's like everything in Orlando is like a, a nickel. <laughs> no, no, it's like it's like vacation brain. Like it's it goes with anything. Yeah. Like when you're when you like put yourself at the position of like I am at a different location and I'm in a vacation mindset. The amount of money that you are going to spend and the amount of money you actually have become like just. They just go out the door completely. It's not for me. It was it, for me. It was like I only go there every sort of generation of my life. So I had like say I knew this was going to cost like and the prices in park aren't terrible, but like you know, I was lucky that I, it was a gift. My mom was like, oh, "I'm going to pay for it," and I'm like, "All right, cool, thanks, mom. <laughs> thanks for thanks for a gift for my your granddaughter." But there's ways to do it on the cheap, but like. There is this cult of Disney of people who will go constantly and all the time. Yes, and so and constantly and all the time is the same thing, but like sorry. Exactly. It's the, the fake white climate. It's um they need an excuse like a lot of the country. I think it's it like like of oh hey, I just need an excuse to go. And so oh they're Have masked ever- and social distance and there's this and there's that. Oh, I can go. So all you need to do is give them just a little nibble of the fact that Disney is doing something, quote unquote, right. And they're going to go. And supposedly, like I, like I said, I followed a lot of this, the, the stories. It's like there are people who are like like the reservations, like the limited reservations are all sold out because people want to go. I mean, there are people in this country who still deny the fact that this virus is even real. So for me to be, for for Disney to be like for Disney to be open and doing this is crazy and but at the same time I can see they're going to shut down. I, I have no doubt they're going to shut down. I still believe there's going to be a national shutdown again. But you know I they're going to shut down. But also someone pointed this out too that Universal Studios and all Bush Gardens and other theme parks in in Florida have been open for nearly for weeks if not months prior to Disney, but Disney is, you know, the big dog, so they're going to get the most press. But, yeah, Florida just don't give a fuck. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen, well, two things. One, there's a great clip from, I don't want I want to say either opening day or at least the opening week of Disney. I don't know how long they've been open for, I guess, what, three or four days now? Uh, yeah, like, well, we're recording this on a Monday, so I think they've been open for, like, two days, three days. Two maybe. days. Did you did you see the clip of the 
the actress who the, the Dib Park actress who's like um, what's her face from Brave Meridia Merida Merida the it's, only one yeah. in the video without a mask yes yes so obviously the performers like the the, the live action the people not in like full costumes foam costumes like they're not it gets it would be too off brand for them to wear masks so they're clearly not wearing masks like right it's not just her like that's obviously a thing right um so what i've seen is all the cast members are wearing masks and the people who are actors are like there's an actress in one of the star wars uh displays and they're way far away from any human Hence why she was on the horse in the video. Yeah, like, in the you video. Can't, like, and I think that video was taken take when, pictures. It was, when it was empty. Yeah. No, you can't take pictures. They've cut a lot of shit out. Like, yeah. there's a lot of stuff you can't do. And, like, Disney is also, like, they're not dumb in the respect of they're not going to take every precaution because of lawsuits. Yeah. Absolutely. But they're this dumb. Is, this, the, they're dumb this in the Six Flags. Which is open in New Jersey. <laughs> and, uh... Just, just a quick dig at Six Flags. Oh, or Action uh, Park, which that yeah, documentary uh, will yeah, be on Class, Class Action Park. It's called, which is Class a Action brilliant Park. name. Well, that documentary will be on HBO Max at some point in 2020. Um, okay. Yeah, but it's like Disney has this massive following, and people are going to want to go. And yeah. I just don't like as someone who loved it when I went and caught all the magical feelings of it. I would love to go back. For me, it's like. I could wait years before I go back, but there are people who just want to go, and it's 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 very telling of what's happening yeah, right I, now. I just I just don't I I think the big thing for me is with a theme park. I, I don't know how you can monitor that many people to not like follow the restrictions well, that they put in place, right? Because like Bill, we've been talking about for weeks yeah. about the loss of uh, music festivals and you know not that I'm a huge festival goer anymore I me and you were planning on going like we went last year to uh, a music now. festival called See Here Now it's in Asbury Park New Jersey you know it's a music festival it's a giant area but there's a ton of people thousands of people so that it would make zero sense to put something on like that or a comic con which again they still have not canceled New York Comic Con yet waiting they haven't uh, they have not is that nuts? What the I fuck? Know. <laughs> I know. Also, the like, the, no offense to, to my fellow Comic-Con goers, but, like, also, like, the one of the most unhygienic conventions. Yeah. Because <laughs> everyone talks so, about how they get sick after Comic-Cons, right? It's, yeah. yeah con you, you can't, you, you, you can't even trust these people to put on deodorant. <laughs> yeah, con flu, exactly. Okay. So, yeah. so how, how can you say no music festivals and no Comic-Cons uh, because it makes sense and reopen places like Disney. Like, it does not make sense to me well, they're, in they're, any way. Yeah, and, and they're trying to do limited amounts of people in there and social distancing stuff. It's just like, think about when you go to a food store. Can you social distance down the cereal aisle? It's oh, hard. Hell not. You can't. Even if you get a mask, you're going to go past somebody when you're grabbing live cereal because it's high in fiber. This is what I do. Welcome yeah. to being 38. Like, or like. I went grocery shopping, sorry, like two weeks ago, and I walked away from my cart. I, like, purposely put my cart somewhere isolated because I was like, I can't really navigate with a shopping cart. Of course. And 
and I've been spacing out my grocery store trips to the point where like I have to drop like two hundred dollars on groceries because like literally I only go like once a month now. Yeah. And you. this gentleman, and it was a, it was a genuine mistake, but he put his hands on my cart because oh. he thought it was his, and I looked at him, and like he there, there there must have been such a like primal fury coming out of my eyes over my mask that I, I he was just like oh, I actually oh, have God, seen I'm that. so sorry I'm so sorry <laughs> oh dude I mean yeah that's the thing like I mean I go to Target for my groceries and it's just like you're going down an aisle and how can you squeeze past something you know and you're thinking like Disney hey they could, they're going to be on top of stuff but I've been reading the um like I said, Disney food blogs, and they were saying like people coming out of the back, coming out of eating something, you forget to put your mask back on after a restaurant because you're mm-hmm. you're eating, so you can't wear a mask, or you forget to wash your hands after going to the bathroom because you know you, which is like oh, how can you forget that? Well, if you have this, if you're going to someplace, out there's a pen on the floor that I was writing at the Times now, is if you're going someplace and all of a sudden you're high stress of thinking about okay, I have to go here, I have to do this, I have to do that. Maybe you forgot to wash your hands. That's still a huge deal. Like, and and yeah. these these human errors because we're all fallible. We've all done something in this time of the pandemic where, like, oh, I should have worn a mask here. I should have sanitized something better. Whatever. It's still going to happen. So, it, as mm-hmm. much as Disney wants to, like, you know, throw up barriers uh, for you know on rides and the the, the tram, the monorail, and stuff like that, like. And have their, you know, stations and asking you to have masks. You're not going into a bathroom with somebody. You're not everywhere yeah. with everyone sometimes. This isn't a, 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 a limited event, like a theatrical event that's outside or a pro wrestling event that's been outside. Sorry, i got to get the reference. It is like where, you know, I have 50 people and I can see everybody. It's mm-hmm. just like hundreds, if you know, hundreds, if not thousands. So I don't, I don't know the capacity of Disney World. You know, yeah, you could say like, okay, we're gonna let ten percent in. That could be two thousand people. And again, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, like I, I, I mean, I've been in you know department stores, at retail places that you know there's someone outside who's literally clicking people in. Like we can only allow 125 people in, and of course Disney, as Bill mentioned, is probably at the top of their game in terms of the uh, adhering for restrictions right like they're probably they probably have hired double the amount of people to clean and sanitize stuff and all that kind of stuff because they're disney and they have the money and they want to make money and they want to continue to stay open right and i'm sure orlando the city is pressuring them to reopen too because that's the center of all their commerce and don't forget the nba is also at disney i was going to say that and i mostly i can read minds well, every time that ESPN, like if I get a, a notification or see on Twitter, it's usually involves like NBA player tests for coronavirus. Russell and I'm like, Westbrook. Aren't, I'm like, aren't they all <laughs> in Orlando? Well, like, Westbrook tested before he went, quote unquote, yeah. supposedly before he went to Orlando. Exactly. I know so, Alicia's a big basketball fan. Oh, huge. Oh, totally. Love basketball. Just, follow just, it. Sports. She, That's the one with the touchdowns, right? She she drains. <laughs> I was say she drains buckets, but she kind of ruined it with the, the touchdown thing. Dude, um, I would love to see Alicia drain buckets on a basketball. Court. Right? Be amazing. Space, Space Jam is my favorite um, um, sports at Brian Gumbel docuseries. <laughs> Gumbel, 
Gumble and Gumble. Remember that from Family Guy? Oh my god, I do <laughs> actually remember that. Favorite that is a episodes. great, That's a great reference. One more thing about Disney, because I, I I just remembered this. Have you guys ever seen Escape from Tomorrow? No, but I've heard of it. It's it's, it's from, though, what is that? It was a secret horror movie filmed, a black and white horror movie that was secretly filmed in Disneyland, and yeah. it's like this surreal, super David Lynchian like cosmic horror of a man who is like. I, I think he's like in some sort of time loop or he's having some existential dreadful moment in Disneyland uh, world. I don't know, whatever one's in Florida. Um, world. Yeah. It world. took me like 10 years to figure that out. So don't worry about it. <laughs> but it, it's honestly like they would have been better to drop the trailer for that movie than the commercial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> least. By the way, I was just talking about Twin Peaks with my brother-in-law. Like if you, if you Google Twin Peaks, a lot of times you will get that like kind of Hooters-esque restaurant. And I always am like, who goes to places like this? Because I just passed a Hooters that had like an outdoor dining area. I'm like, who's jonesing to go to Hooters? Really? Uh, like, fuck, he, I need to go to Hooters. I mean, we, we've already mentioned RedTube, so might as well say it. Like, there's like a giant rise in like coronavirus-related porn. Thirst. Yeah. No, but, and like in terms of like, it's become like a fetish, like the masks and stuff, and like quarantine. It's bananas. Okay, I only I mean, know this. I only know this. Porn addiction. Okay. I only know this because someone texted me a valid news article about this. I was not looking for it. Just let that be on the record. Alicia, we, one, we would never judge you. Two, also, slightly, slightly, <laughs> might judge you. Asterix after Asterix. everything I say. Asterix, yeah. um, there, there is, and I'm sure there's multiple at this point. There was like a legit drive-through strip club yes. where you go oh. through and get things, and all the dancers are like, like car wash style. Dude, that like, was on national but, news. That was like on CNN. That was, national news. That was like and, a legit thing. Yeah, and honestly, kudos to them because they were more prepared than probably Disneyland <laughs> opening up the park. They were. They were, that's, man. That's innovative. Also, um, I just yeah. wish I had more, uh, like, going back to Twin Peaks, I, you know, I, I could, I have strip club stories for days, which should never make this podcast. Um, yeah. I want more Twin Peaks, the show themed restaurants. I want a double R somewhere and get those pancakes they, and get those food, when, get that food, man. I know when, it was at Comic-Con, South by Southwest. No, it wasn't. It was South by Southwest. I don't think it was Comic-Con. I just want it in real no. life. What, what about a twin? Great. What about a Twin Peaks themed strip club? No, Fuck. God, I, Alicia. If Somebody ever... invested me. What's his name? No. Mark Cuban. That would scare Shark Tank. Alicia, I, I, Alicia I, I mean, I have not gone to one in gosh, like ten plus years. <laughs> but I would be there opening fucking day with you. <laughs> I would be there. I'd just be like, all right, cool. I have to see it. Yeah. What's going on? You, Are we streaming sit. season one in the background? Let's do it. Now you. No, you, you, sit, know, you, you know it's going to have those you're tiled in, floors. You're, you're in the fucking, you're in Black the room. And, 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 <laughs> and Laura Palmer is just talking backwards to you. You're like, get me the fuck out of here. No, I'd be, I, I'd be like, all right, this is the greatest art I've ever seen in my life. I would scare the everlasting shit out of me. Uh, but yeah, so that was uh, this week, seriously, what the fuck? And we're going to go right, right into, because there's nothing left to say besides Disney, like, there's nothing against you. You're 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 doing what everyone else in Orlando is doing. 
and they're going to close. They're going to close, so it doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, that was this week's Seriously What the Fuck. Let's get into a slice of fried gold. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah, boy! This week's Slice of Fried Gold. Uh, Bill, you, you did this pick. Uh, when I say you did it, I mean you have not watched any of this. And no. It's actually the reason that uh, I wanted to bring Alicia back onto the pod. Because uh, this is one of the things that actually got uh, me and Alicia really close, was our general love uh, for comic books, and especially Gerard Way and the Umbrella Academy. And yeah, we were so. blessed with the uh, the full season two trailer. Um, it's one of the only things during quarantine uh, that we can look forward to is uh, new television shows that were filmed pre-quarantine. Uh, Alicia, what did you what did you think of the, the trailer as a, as a uh, fan of season one? I am really stoked. I mean, if anybody's ever read the comic that's that's listening in, um, this is clearly going to be based on the the Dallas storyline. Um as you probably know, like Umbrella Academy is a super short series with um, the first arc being, I think, what, only four issues, four or five issues. And then um, Dallas, the same thing. And they, he recently brought it back for an arc, I think, that recently finished within the last year, um, Hotel Oblivion. But Dallas, I think you can argue, is like the, the meat and potatoes of the series. I feel like more people know this story arc of the comic than um, Apocalypse Suite. Um, and this is arguably like where the most sci-fi, gonzo, like time travel, tra- time traveling, like freakiness is gonna come into play. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny because I thought uh, without revealing uh, a lot of season one since Bill hasn't seen it and I want him to still because it's a great show. Um, and and I've said multiple times on Twitter it is the best show on Netflix. Not not you know not the it. most critic, not the most critically acclaimed, not the most beloved, but like the best show. I think it's it's everything that you want in like a a, a comic book adaptation that's not from the the, the big two uh, or even the big three. Like this is a is a Dark Horse comic series from the mind of Gerard Way and Gabriel Ba. Um, it is fucking insane. But I thought personally from watching season one that they they hinted at a lot of the Dallas stuff, right? Like, it was it was definitely... Yeah, because um, the assassins don't mm-hmm. come in until Dallas. They're not in uh, the, the first... They're not in Apocalypse Suite. They're in the second arc. They're in Dallas. So they, they took a oh, little no. bit from that and brought it. it. No, it's not ruining anything. I'm Dog saying that, kidding. like, the, the people that you... They just introduced characters early. They showed a little bit of the future... Uh, uh, or Five's future early. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not losing my mind here, right, Alicia? No, no. They definitely, they definitely fuse um, a lot of the groundwork of Dallas into yeah. the first, um, the first season. Which, I mean, you kind of have to, right? Because when you read yeah. both arcs, they're they're pretty they they pretty much live in their own vacuum. Uh, aside from some of the consequences that happens to the Ellen Page's character aka the white violin but really you can pick up those arcs and just read them as is you might not know what the characters are but you can understand the narrative so um and it just works for those comics because they're just they're short form four issues long so they kind of had to fuse a lot of the groundwork for dallas into apocalypse suite it will aka season one yeah exactly and you know 
we, I, I've already mentioned, a huge fan of Gerard Way. It was it's crazy that he um, is bringing back and was supposed to be. I was supposed to be seeing him this year. I was supposed to be seeing My Chemical Romance doing their 10th anniversary, uh, their their 10 year reunion concert, uh, giant tour sold out in hours across the country. Um, it's crazy that he has his hand in so many things. I mean, he had his. He had his own uh, print uh, for DC Comics, Young Animal, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously uh, bringing back uh, the characters from from Umbrella Academy with the third volume, Hotel Oblivion, and of course now as a producer of this. And he's also making original music again too, uh, which is uh, the highlight personally for me. Uh, of the trailer, which was uh, Gerard Way's new track that he released. And it's cool because he's been like making new music and releasing old stuff um, for a while now, um, you know, kind of since since the ink, since like the inklings of a reunion was coming. And it's like not like, hey, this is a new My Chemical Romance song. These are like Gerard Way songs that, you know, that he's done with like his solo stuff. And the new song's called Here Comes the End. And this feature is Judith Hill. It was going to be my uh, my music pick this week and it still is so now we can skip me for later but it's a it's an awesome song it perfectly fits the trailer because again we're dealing with time travel and um it's got like a 60s vibe to it uh, uh, bill if you can use some context clues uh it's called uh dallas and i'm saying time I mean, travel so I, you can I, probably I, figure I, it out. I figured it out i mean i'm not yeah. that dense slash yeah, it's drunk a- it's uh, about the Dallas Cowboys. No, it's, it's not. always <laughs> about the Dallas Cowboys. Um, it's about spe- their rivalry with a now nameless Washington football team. Oh, um, man. We could have talked about that as the WTF. Well, you which know what? Fuck those guys. Well, uh, we have our resident sports expert, Alicia, on the pod. So dude, Alicia knows touchdowns, bro. Yeah, she does. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Bill, uh, did you get a chance to watch the trailer? Yes, I Are did. You, and I'm, you in? I'm kicking myself for never, like, watching Umbrella Academy 1. If anyone's ever listened to a podcast I'm on, you know I don't watch a ton despite running a pop culture website. That's also why I surround myself with smarter people than me because they can cover the stuff I don't watch and also cover it way better than I can. So uh, Umbrella Academy, I watched that season 2 trailer and I'm like, shit, I should be watching season 1. Much like I felt like Doom Patrol um, was season two trailer I was like oh I should be watching so I'm going to pose this question to you guys uh, maybe more towards Alicia is um, Doom Patrol versus Umbrella Academy which should I be watching first and why hmm that's a hard one because I haven't watched the Doom Patrol series <laughs> but as somebody Alicia. who's read the comics and Gerard Way's take on the Doom Patrol comics. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a pretty even tie. I think I, I think um, Umbrella Academy is a little cleaner, and I don't mean necessarily like in content, like oh, it's like like not as adult or anything like that. I think it's I just it be, yeah. it, it's more su- su- um, succinct and just kind of like concise and just clean in its story. Where it, I feel like based on the little I've seen of the Doom Patrol um, series that's on, I guess what HBO Max now or yeah. DC. DC Universe, um, they definitely. I want to. I want to assume they definitely lean more into the weirdness, um, the weird sci-fi concepts than Umbrella Academy does. I mean, because because let's be honest, like 
traveling back in time to stop the and this is not a spoiler really because it's i think they say it right in the the trailer it's, um, it's in the trailer yes um it's a time traveling back in time that was redundant um <laughs> to stop um to, to stop the jfk assassination it's not a new trope at this point it's it's almost no. become a centerpiece to write like stories around um i mean i think a hundred different people have done it at this point so i uh, you know it's it's really more of just like a character study at at this point um and who you choose to like carry that narrative whereas in doom patrol i mean i don't know there's like a werewolf guy with horns and like brennan frazier is in a robot and it's it's insane i think i think in terms of concepts Doom Patrol is going to be a little more original, but also it's a comic book that's been around for much longer and has passed through a few different writers versus Umbrella Academy has. And don't forget, yeah. if you go to thepopbreak.com, you could check out uh, Alicia's interview with uh, Justin Min, as well as I believe your review of the show itself. <laughs> Sorry, that was my shameless promo voice. He was also very nice. <laughs> that's always that's always helpful. Oh, I've had how many interviews have we done, Al? Where the person you're just like, God, this person's such a jerk. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, we're not gonna, been, we're I, not naming names. But I, we're I've just been saying, to a, 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 we've been a there. few a few roundtables. Uh, a bunch, you know, a lot of us have uh, where we've experienced some less than stellar. Uh, less than stellar interview ease. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Bill, um, you know, my, my, my big, uh, uh, sell for, uh, for you is, you know, you know, what if a family of superheroes, uh, just had a really shitty time, uh, like the family of kids, superheroes had a really, really shitty childhood. And, um, now they're all grown up and as dysfunctional as ever. Like it's, it's just, it's a it's unlike anything else on TV and the way that the story comes together it I actually enjoy the show more than I did the comic and I love the comic series and that that's saying something when 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 the adaptation can take it a, a step further with the the people they've chosen to to play these characters um, like five I think is absolutely perfectly casted uh, Ellen page is at her Ellen best um, and yeah I I, I it's I think the I always say view for vendetta is, is is in that same realm of like I like the adaptation more than I like the original sure. comic medium. I feel the same way about Umbrella Academy. And it's also my mom likes the show. So it, it really has that kind of like it has it has something about it that although don't, don't undersell Lori Manorino, man. I've that's heard. right. Although although I feel that it is very niche it has that wide appeal too. Like if people discover the show, they're going to love it. And that's why I keep saying it is the best show on Netflix. So I feel like I've been drunk with your mom too. You probably have. Probably have. Mama Manorino. Mama Manorino. I think the least you've also been drunk with her too. You just might never remember. (laughs) Uh, We'll never know. So Al, I think we've got to move into our, our next segment. I believe so too. Music in a time of quarantine, which is always sung live 
recorded on a podcast that you hear a few days later. Yeah, buddy. Uh, yeah, so uh, music in a time of quarantine, Alicia, you know what is up. What is uh, what is a song or album that you've been listening during this time? Uh, I'm guessing it's horror uh, adjacent. Um, like, what what have you been listening to lately? Uh, the entire Chromatica album from Lady Gaga on loop. That was uh, not what I was. I was not <laughs> expecting that statement. How how fucking good is that album? Oh, it's amazing. I mean, I'm I'm also in the minority of people that really loved art pop, and art pop was honestly my first album that introduced me to Lady Gaga. Like, I knew who she was. Like, obviously, I heard, like, paparazzi and, like, bad romance at that point, but I never, like, sat through and listened to an entire album until one day, story time. Sorry, I don't mean to hijack this combo. Do it. But, I love it. Yeah. Um, I have a fr- I have a friend who was attending a fashion school in New York City at the time, and last minute she's like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "I don't know, like nothing." And she's like, "You want to go? You want to go see Lady Gaga at the top of a Macy's <laughs> Times Square?" And I'm like, "What? Like like a show?" She's like, "No, no, no, no." She's like, "Opening. She's doing this like clothing line for charity with Elton John." And I was like. All right, cool. So literally, we it was the most surreal experience. We went into a department store at the very top of that of the Macy's yeah, in New York City, yeah. and um, lined up around the store. <laughs> and they put us in this little like restaurant area, and then Lady Gaga came out. But um, and you know, did her spiel, and she was really charming and whatnot. And um, but how, on our how, way how, there, how charming. She was, she was really nice, really nice. Waved hi to my friend who, like, like, totally, like, smashed her shin up against a glass-like coffee table in the area because when Lady Gaga started moving, the entire crowd was like, oh, my God, like, Lady Gaga, like, oh, like, they t- touched me. <laughs> and she says she waved at her. I don't know. I, I wasn't really looking. <laughs> Totally kneecapping your best buddy there. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the entire time um, on our way to, to New York City, I we just like binged the, like all her music and Art Pop was the first album. And I was just like, yo, I'm like really digging this. <laughs> um, but going back to uh, Chromatica, what's uh, what's what's a highlight? What's a, what's a song that you, uh, you you're really feeling from that? Um, I'm a little biased because my, my mama, mama, uh, well, they're not last names, not Weinberger, but, um, uh, she loves Elton John and, and, uh, you know, sign from above it's mm-hmm. collab with Elton John, but then obviously like stupid love, my favorite, it, I think that's the one they, they did the, the power Rangers inspired music video, right? The yeah, set, uh, directed by, uh, Robin yeah. Rodriguez. Yeah. Um, so. it's, the song, it's probably the song of the summer. It pro- I mean, I've not I, I heard it yet, so. but old it's dad, so no, no surprise. It's I don't, I don't know which Purge movie it is, but all of them. <laughs> yeah, all of them. There's one where these like crazy Mad Max teenagers roll up on um, like a convenience store, and they're about to murder like the protagonists, and I think the chick who plays. Um, Sasha from The Walking Dead's in it, but they roll up to party in the USA, and I'm like, this is. I want to say it's number two. Yeah, it's either two or three. Definitely, obviously not the first one, but um, that's what this album is. 
to me. It's it's my anthem into the apocalypse. <laughs> it, it's it's just like pretty, pretty amazing. Blood and like bubblegum pink and like you know we're all infected with the parasite from the thing and at any moment like your best friend <laughs> is made a cake. You tied in so many goddamn things. That is amazing. It's insane how many things you just tied in. Um, I, I love I love Free Woman on that. I think it's a banger. But so is the whole album, so it really doesn't uh, count. Um, Bill, what do you got? Okay, so I'm, I'm actually uh, playing a little bit off of what I picked last week. Last episode, I should say. But it's a style from the White Stripes. Why would you go in sort of that White Stripes third band records universe? It is uh, a band called the Greenhorns, which uh, has an E at the end of horns. Um, so it's uh, G-R-E-E-N-H-O-R-N-E-S. Um, two of the members of the Greenhorns would eventually uh, comprise the Raconteurs, uh, Patrick Keeler and Oh, the other guy's name escapes me at the second because I did not cue him up for their bio. But anyway, uh, yeah, I'm going to just check them real quick. Patrick Keeler and somebody else. Anyway, not important. Uh, The song is called... It's called Good Times. As a very, uh, the Greenhorns haven't really recorded anything since uh, 2010, but have like a very 60s vibe to them, very Rolling Stones-esque. So I was really, really digging them. Uh, I I got it on Spotify on the, uh, kind of the made for you. Like they have those songs like, or like Weekly Discovery, just like songs or bands maybe you never heard of. And like I mentioned last week, I love this style by the White Stripes. Love the White Stripes, even though I really hated them at first. I've seen the Raconteurs live at Terminal 5, which still remains one of my least favorite concert venues of all time. And uh, just hearing the the Greenhorns, uh, a band I've heard bandied about for years by my best friend who loves the White Stripes and the Raconteurs and all those, uh, to hear the Greenhorns finally, I'm like, oh, I get it. I love them. And super awesome band, especially if you like that retro vibe. Check out the Green Horns; they are awesome. Awesome pick. Um, I'm actually um, gonna do another song outside of that Gerard Way song, but you should definitely check that out. Um, was in my mom's car and she had Sirius Satellite Radio, which I do miss on occasion, just because of Alt Nation, and I really love that station. Uh, got to hear a song that I really liked when it first came out, um, but never really like did a deep dive into the person and it's actually crazy that I don't believe she has a full album yet. No, she does actually. All right, cool. Good to know. No, she has an EP. So, uh, her name's mall rat. I don't know if you guys have ever heard mall rat. Um, she's awesome. Very good. Um, uh, the song Charlie and groceries. Very, very cool. Uh, very cool artist. I hope to see live one day. She has, uh, she has an EP out called Driving Music. Um, Charlie was a single in 2019, and I believe Groceries, uh, which both of those songs they play on All Nation all the goddamn time, uh, was from 2018's In the Sky, which is another uh, EP. But I do not see a full album yet from uh, Mall Rat. Big, 
Uh, it's a big mood. I'll tell you right now. But uh, oh, it's a check, mood? The, check it out. Oh, it's a full mood. It's a banger, a bop, and a mood. So look, L E W K. Say it again. Is it a look, L E W K? I've never heard of that, but now I wish I didn't. <laughs> yeah, same. It's in blazes on my brain. Um, what is so? What what type of sound is it? Um, like alternative electronic, but like very like. It's in the vein of like a Billie Eilish, like very soft spoken, but like it's got a really cool beat. Uh, like groceries is like a, a crazy earworm that you'll like kind of be like singing all the time. Um, and Charlie, yeah, I, I think you'd dig it, or hate it. Could could go either way. Yeah, I'm, I'm very one or the other. I'm you really are. Based pop. Yes. It's either I love it or I want to burn them alive. Exactly. But yeah, that was uh, music in a time of quarantine listen to those songs and as a reminder we will throw the links to those songs in the uh, podcast description and if we haven't done that recently we're sorry we're busy yeah it's because I've been doing them and not you yeah yes J- just in case you haven't heard of this up and coming artist name Lady, Lady Gaga, Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> she's uh, you know it's funny you say it like that because gosh I'm gonna she, say it like 11 12 years ago my best friend is just like um, I'm going to play this artist I saw in a club one time and it was Lady Gaga and it was off the first record. I think it's like called, uh, I'm going to get the name of the song. Wrong, but yeah, you, you want me to make you feel old for a second? Dude, I'm old every second of the day. So you, go for it. You, you know, I, I remember exactly when I first heard paparazzi, I was on a school bus. <laughs> yeah, but you can be going to high school at the time. So I'm not going to like, like yeah, I was like almost she married at the time. So I mean, like, cool. Uh, so I want to say, right, let me go to her first record and I'll find it for you guys. So it was off. Uh, oh gosh, she said so many. It was like something disco stick or something like that, and it was uh, a buddy of mine played it for me back in like '07. When she was like still like a New York club, you know, underground artist and stuff like that. So I'm like, I'm like, oh, I remember that. All right. So like Lady Gaga. I'm like, I know who that is. Then who knew she would just be the biggest artist in the fucking world and get nominated for a goddamn Oscar? You. Me. That's right. You Me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was. Uh... Again, this uh, this week's uh, music in the time of quarantine. We're going to go to the watch list now. So, uh, Alicia, again, you've been here before. You know the deal. What is uh, a movie or a TV show that you watched recently, maybe something new, something old, that you want to tell our listener at home what to uh, watch? Okay. So I just binged all of Harley Quinn season one, which – I did not watch season two yet because it's surprisingly not on the DC HBO Max catalog, not from what I can see, which that was really shocking. Um, season one is all, uh, if you have cable, it's all up on the sci-fi channel, um, mm-hmm. but not eight, but season be- two. Not I believe season Max. two is on DC Universe only at the moment. And yes. something, one part of Harley Quinn is is on sci-fi right now, too. That's, that's what... Alicia just said. 
Well, I wasn't paying attention because I was still going to that fucking disco stick song because it was bothering me. Um, well. Well. I think we also talked uh, about this with Cole, too. We did, yeah. Uh, but yeah, keep going, Alicia. Oh, no, no. So, and then, um, oh, you're going to hate me for saying this. Um, I finally got around to watching Watchmen, the TV series. Because I, controversial opinion here, do not like the Doomsday comic they're doing. Um, but holy shit, this Watchmen TV series is the one true pseudo-sequel prequel that I will acknowledge, even though it's not by Alan Moore. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, or, or as he's known now in uh, DC and Marvel as the original writer. You ever seen that? <laughs> you ever see that? I picked up... Um, I picked up the first trade of uh, of uh, his run on uh, Miracle Man, mm. um, and it now says because of it's. I think it's all the like lawsuits and stuff that he had with uh, the the big two, but every every product that they re release from now from like from now until the end of time does not say his name. It says. The original writer, as the writer of the, it's it's insane because like the back, it's like trying to like get you pumped up. It's like uh, from the minds of Neil Gaiman and and this and this and the original writer. Like they use it still to like promote it, and they're like, oh, we know that is that's Alan Moore because he's a giant uh, Jesus-looking fucking crazy crazy person oh my god he is he is a loon but oh we gotta love him um yeah uh watchman's phenomenal i mean we've talked about it a a bunch on this podcast or at least i think we have we've mentioned a few times i think you and i have just mentioned a lot in our uh facebook conversations yeah but it's yeah exactly but it's a great i mean uh, alicia brought up uh, a pretty great point with doomsday clock which was the the DC Comics sequel series written by Jeff Johns, and the art was done by uh, Gary Frank, who is one of my favorite artists. I, that, that that combo of Johns and Frank is like what got me into DC Comics, uh, Action Comics, Green Lantern, like they they fucking just were amazing. Um, it's it's a really solid sequel. I don't know if you ever got to finish it, uh, Alicia, but I liked it. Um, I like the aspects of it that they tried to do, but the 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 series, the the Watchmen series, the Lindelof series, it blows it out of the water. It's like there's no contest okay. in terms, you know, because he does he does alternate history as well as the original book did, and everything ties together. Nothing yeah. in that series does not come back full circle in the end, and yeah. not just because. Um, but I won't spoil it for anybody who hasn't watched yet, but it is pretty goddamn amazing. And, um, Oh, She-Ra season series finale. Uh, I'm so behind, but I do love that show. It's a really great show. Wholesome. Very nice. Um, yeah. Uh, Doomsday Clock is like, it's, uh, you know, he, they're like, please bring Watchmen into the DC comics universe and, and have, you know, Rorschach and Batman meet like, it was always going to be, you know, uh, a losing game. And I think he, he did an admirable job. I don't think anyone else could have done that even, even more himself. So, uh, but yeah, 
those, those are great picks, and I'll, I'll, I want to just keep talking comics with you. Uh, Bill, what do you got for us? Well, Watchmen such a great pick. Uh, I mean, we talked about this on previous podcasts, how we like learned about hit the Tulsa bombings on Black Wall Street mm-hmm. because of this show. Most of us didn't even know about it. Uh, it was crazy. And uh, it's also, I think, I love that, I love that final shot with um, Regina King, which we won't say mm-hmm. what happened, but it's great. So many twists and turns in that show. It's it's one of my favorite shows, not just of last year, but probably the last 10 years of doing this site. Obviously, it's one of the tops I've ever seen. Uh, my pick, it's a tough one this week because like, part of me wants to promote, and I'll just promote this podcast because I talk all about it, this film a lot, is it's on July 17th we'll see the anniversary of Inception's 10-year, uh, the release of it in 2010. One of my favorite movies of all time. I did a, a podcast with Aaron and Josh Sarnecki about it, so you can check that out where I talk more in depth about that. But I want to bring in a film, Al, you and I talked about it over the weekend, actually, uh, that people should give a a, a look see to. Uh, it's on Disney Plus right now. It's not Hamilton. We talked a lot about that last last week. Alicia, did you watch Hamilton? I um, have fallen into the habit of watching seventy five percent of various TV shows because my roommates have it on. So I technically did watch Hamilton, but right. not from the beginning. <laughs> I've done that too. I saw the last fifteen minutes of the series finale of Breaking Bad, which kills Al every time I mention it. Um, but I want to recommend Solo, a Star Wars story, which uh, just uh, dropped mm-hmm. on Disney Plus. Alan and I did a podcast on this, excuse me, Luke Speed Jones. Great, I got the hiccups. Um, uh, who is the engineer of this podcast and a two-time guest. Um, it's a fun movie. There's a lot of, uh, there's a big black cloud about around Solo because, you know, came after Last Jedi and Last Jedi was such an abomination to ruin people's childhoods, blah, 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 blah. Oh fuck yourself! Um, because uh, I think I saw that. No, I did not see that with you, Al. But I think uh, you and I both enjoyed it. Alicia, I don't know what your opinions on Last Jedi are. Uh, if you've seen it. Oh, I loved it. Well, wait, Last Jedi, which is which? which oh, shit, which one is which? Again? Okay, so it's Force Awakens, <laughs> Last Jedi, and then uh, Rise of Skywalker. So of the new three, it's the second one. It's done by Ryan Johnson. I genuinely like number two out of all three of them because I very much liked the Laura Dern uh, storyline. The mutiny uh, storyline on the ship. We get to meet Rose, who's a great character. I would have been fine if that was the entire movie, just on the ship. It would have been a new concept that we haven't seen in a Star Wars movie. I'm totally about that. And now we got a new Star Wars series announced. Uh, today or yesterday I should say after we record this July 13th uh, The Bad Batch that is coming to Disney Plus it's going to be an animated series series spinoff of the Clone Wars Um, to me I think Solo is a movie uh, you know originally uh, done by Lord Miller uh, then taken away from them under circumstances which uh, we still don't have all the details on and then finished off by Ron Howard uh, the first twenty minutes are pretty cringe. You gotta get, you gotta, you gotta suck it up and get through them because there's some pretty bad 
lines. So there's some really eye-rolling scenes. But once you get past those, this turns into a really fun heist movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Donald Glover is Lando Calrissian. Excellent. you got Woody Harrelson so in this good. movie. Woody Harrelson does no wrong. He's awesome. Uh, you also have Phoebe Waller-Bridges uh, doing a voice in this, and she's fantastic. Um, yeah, this is just a super fun film. And it that's the definition of Solo. It's fun. It doesn't have, like, it's not Empire where you have this great drama going on. It's not like a, a Jedi or Force Awakens where it has all this you know, high drama and super fun action and big battle scenes. It's just, it, it is, if you took a heist movie and put it in the Star Wars universe, and I super appreciate that. It's a big heist movie fan, a big guy, Richie fan myself. So Solo is now streaming on Disney Plus and ha- got a bad rep. Go in there with your mind clear and just go enjoy a movie because it's a very enjoyable movie. Yeah, I mean, for the performances alone, it's it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, Alden Reich uh, is not bad as is a, no. a young Han Solo. He's just fed some some very bad. unfortunately yeah. bad dialogue, especially in the beginning. But like, once he, you get past like, that, man, it's yeah. it's a very fun film. He gets the essence of Harrison Ford. I agree. Uh, of of Han Solo, Harrison Ford as Han Solo, like really well, especially like you know middle end of the film too um yeah and he has a yeah. great he has great chemistry with the uh, quote-unquote young chewbacca like uh-huh. but like yeah it's just it's a fun movie like if you're just looking yeah. for fun it's good if you're a star wars like if you're a super pretentious star wars fan you're not gonna like this yeah. movie but go with an open mind enjoy life for yes once. um also one one i don't want to spoil it, but I, I will say that the one problem I had with the film is not enough Fanny Newton. No, not enough Fanny Newton. Who not is great. She's awesome. She's so good. Awesome in that. in that film. Awesome in Westworld. If you haven't seen it, Alicia, I don't know if you watched any of Westworld. I've seen. I, I am familiar. I've seen seasons one and a half. <laughs> there you go. You, I think, would especially appreciate season three. I heard it's really great. I will it's tell so you. Oh, I thought you had watched it. Uh, sorry, uh, season three. Oh, yeah, no. I recommended this on the Forgetting Bill Bodigan episode where I was bombed. But, yeah, season... Oh, not even making sense. Season yeah. three takes us out of the park, which is not a spoiler. It's, it's very much in the trailer. And takes us to more of a pristine Blade Runner... Not, yeah, sort of Blade Runner-esque featurescape. I'm very synth-oriented, very neon, very cool, very slick. Uh, I think, Alicia, you would really, really dig that season. You know, I love me some cyberpunk. It is very I mean, cyberpunk, and Ed and Rachel Wood just, slays in that, ep- that season. Just doubling down on the uh, on the uh, corporate fiefdom that we live in and the horrors of that, you know? Oh. There is no escapism anymore. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But at the same time... We just like, don't have the cool clothes. We don't. It is very cool. And Aaron Paul's in it. It is awesome in the series. Oh, can I just talk about how I saw, unintentionally, one of Aaron Paul's earliest roles on the WB? Ooh, yeah. can I guess it? Yes. I can't even Wait. guess. 
It is Veronica Mars. No. If he wasn't, I, I never watched Veronica. Yeah. Maybe he wasn't it. To no, me, he... it's the it's the earliest iteration of Aaron Paul, other than the Juicy Fruit commercial. Oh man, what was it? What? It was the Birds of Prey TV series. What? They tried to do which I remember it. I guess. Well, I guess this would be a good segue because I know we guys want to talk about Matt Reeves's Batman. So if you want me to hold off, um, um, hold off. We do, we have no qualms or schedules. Yeah. So. Um, Birds of Prey was was the earliest adaptation of Bir- of the Birds of Prey, like Black Canary, um, Barbara Gordon, and um, I don't know what the third chick was. <laughs> was it uh, was it Huntress? Yes, yes, Huntress. She was the main character in Birds of Prey, and then there was like a third younger character in it. it Who's whoever's been on the bird, the team itself in terms of comic book continuity has always changed, but it's always been like Harley Quinn, Huntress, and some kind of iteration. Black Canary, or yeah, I think it was Black Canary. Black Canary, it's Huntress, Barbara Gordon, and Harley Quinn. And the series was a spinoff of the Michael Keaton and Michelle Pfeiffer Batman series. Right. And there's a scene where. Um, Black Canary's daughter is technically in Birds of Prey and she like I'm gonna make my way to the big city and I'm like oh man this guy on the bus like totally like wants to help me out I'm gonna meet him in a dark alleyway who is it it's Aaron Paul oh man that's <laughs> funny he plays it's great because he literally plays these scumbag characters also oh, in Veronica yeah. Mars too and then he becomes the ultimate scumbag and then a few years, like in, in Breaking Bad, and then over the years becomes like literally a fucking heartthrob. It's insane. It's amazing. And of course, he he's in a, one of your favorite shows, BoJack Horseman. He's a, oh, he a, God. Yes, he's, he's um. A, he's he, like his and, friend. Yeah, like and also man. the most like redeemable person in that entire series. Got him. <laughs> Ironically. Um, well, that, that's great. Yeah, um, my pick, really quick, because I don't even want to spoil anything about it. Um, I did get to uh, watch a movie over the weekend. There was actually three uh, pretty big movies that came out this weekend. One was uh, Greyhound with uh, Tom Hanks that was supposed to be in theaters and it was ended up on Apple TV+. Plus. haven't watched it yet. Terrible. Wow, great. Here's another one. Uh, the Old Guard, which is based off the uh, Image comic series um, that stars Charlie Theron that's on Netflix. I heard that's okay pretty good i will check it out i do love charlie theron and i want to see uh, some more image comics adaptations we're going to be seeing a lot uh on netflix because of uh, their purchase of uh millar world um but the one that i did see and uh i'm gonna say it right now it is the best film of 2020 thus far uh not saying much because we've only been uh in 2020 for what appears to be seven years now yes um but yeah, Palm Springs, uh, the the new Hulu film starring Andy Samberg and Christina Milioti, I believe that's how you say your name, um, or Christine Milioti, and J.K. Simmons. Holy fucking shit! It is the best movie of 2020. Do not watch a trailer. Do not read anything. Do not read a headline or review. Or review. Don't look at a GIF. Go into this movie as blind as humanly possible. Stop listening to this podcast. Alicia, stop being on the podcast. Go fucking watch this movie. As soon as humanly possible, you're going to fucking love it. It is so good. Uh, 
It is a uh, Lonely Island produced comedy that they did not write, that they, they, they did not direct. They just uh, it was a script that was given to Andy Samberg, and he like instantly loved it and was given the opportunity to produce it and produced it. It's it's uh, it takes a something that we've seen in a ton of movies, flips it on its head, does it in such a cool way. Go fucking watch it. Not going to say anything else. Palm Springs on Hulu. Do it. By the way, Aaron Paul was also in that shitty-ass series, Al, we've mentioned on this uh, podcast before, called Point Pleasant. Oh, my God. Was the, he? The show that was supposed to We need to, to find... Dude, how's this? I'm going to tell you something right now. We have to get a cop- copy of Point Pleasant, the, yeah. the pilot, and we need to do a special episode where we do a, 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 a commentary track for it. So, Alicia, have you ever heard okay. of uh, Point Pleasant? No. Okay, so supposedly... Like as in New Jersey? It's, it's supposedly based in the Point Pleasant, New Jersey. Oh, man, let's it, go to Jenks. It's, it's like a young girl named Christina washes up on the shore near Point Pleasant, New Jersey during a violent storm. It has it's like, like some... It's like some Roswell shit. Like it's like yeah, it's like there's like Satan's involved and there's sci-fi. It's like late, it's, is it late nineties or early two thousands? It's early two thousands, and it's yeah. just like you're like holy shit, guys! Like none of this applies. And you, I remember oh. seeing the trailer for it. I'm like, that is not Point Pleasant. Yeah, I, got, I, I work we, in Point Pleasant, and that is not we, even remotely close to it. I'm telling you right now. I think like twenty fifth. I think we 25th, have to. I think we have to. 25th, 25th episode, 25th mark it episode. down. We are doing a commentary track for the pilot episode of Point Pleasant. I think we all need to be in an elevated state of mind. Yeah, I will be. I, I think I have to be too. Alicia might have to talk to you about, off the podcast about that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, look out for that. And uh, <laughs> let's, let's, let's go into our last segment, uh, A Glimmer of Hope. Glimmer of hope. Oh boy, oh boy. This week's glimmer of hope um, is a, is a kind of a strange one because it's it's something that is something that we're excited about and gives us hope, but at the same time, it like has brought up a lot of questions, uh, specifically from me and the rest of the internet. Is like, why? Why are we doing this? We kind of did this already, but um, for those of you not in the know, there is currently a uh, a Batman film being filmed right now uh another iteration uh directed by matt reeves and starring robert pattinson with a a pretty amazing some would say like ludicrous cast that's involved ludicrous in that film ludicrous might be i don't know i mean he's i've seen uh, him in concert by the way that is the best trivia i've heard tonight um (laughs) it really is Uh, but they uh they just announced uh last week that they are going to be making a series that is uh, set in the same universe. So they're kind of kind of trying to do uh, DC's and Warner Brothers is going to try to do what Marvel is currently doing with Disney Plus and expanding uh, these universes and telling more stories uh, through not just the films, but through series. Uh, this one is going to focus on the Gotham Central Police Department and have uh, – uh, Commissioner Gordon be the center of it. Does this sound fucking familiar? Because this happened already. <laughs> I don't think we've. Been, the, I don't think we interviewed the entire cast at a comic con like four years ago. Like, like yeah. Uh, but yeah. So 
Gotham, uh, it's going to be called, I think, is it Gotham Central or is it still a, is there no title for it yet? It's probably no title right now. Okay, well, um, it's, I think it's going to be loosely based off the uh, Greg Rucka series. Greg Rucka and someone else, shit. Uh, get back to me. I will. I'll do some research on that. But there's a there's a comic series called Gotham Central, which is uh, a, basically a, a police procedural comic series with, where Batman is not the main character. He is a side character, and it's focused on the Gotham Central Police Department. Um, again, this is what the basis of Fox's Gotham was, and we. Bill what, has mentioned where is this going to air? This is going to air. Uh, good question. Again, research. I believe HBO, but I could be wrong. Uh, yeah, it's an HBO Max spinoff. So my hope is here, since he is someone who's been tied into a lot of HBO's shows. Yeah, I'm really hoping that Jeffrey Wright, who was tapped to play Commissioner Gordon for the Matt Reeves the Batman film, will be in this somehow because. It, Jeffrey Wright uh, was a huge part of Boardwalk Empire's last two seasons, which one of my favorite mm-hmm. shows. Well, at least the first two seasons was my favorite shows. And, um, yeah, I hope he's part of that because, like, he's great. And he should be. I mean, you, well, have, to have, you have to have a big name headline this show, yeah. and that's a great big name to headlining it. And I just don't want it to be a retread of Gotham. Because Gotham was its own thing, and like I wasn't, I didn't follow it a ton, but like it had its niche. Mm-hmm. We had Bullock, so, uh, and I was very happy with that. That was good. Sorry. That was good casting because I loved really the animated cast. series. I loved the Bullock. I remember he cursed in the cartoon. He, yeah. he called someone a son of a bitch or a bastard or something like that. I remember as a like kid, that, I'm yeah. like, oh my god, this is a cartoon. And yeah. I love the. I, I'm a big Donald Logue fan, so I was like, that was great. But like, let's get a little bit of a different spin on this. Let's not retread Gotham. Let's do something new and original and fresh because this will be, in my opinion, a big draw for HBO Max, which does not have a lot of, right now, I should say, a lot of huge draws for it as a streaming service alone. Like, I know Doom Patrol Season 2 came out, but. Batman's a way bigger property than Doom Patrol, so they got to make this mm-hmm. something special for HBO Max. Because if it was on HBO, it'd be and, it, and it's you know given the HBO treatment, man, that that's gonna go, that's gonna do huge numbers. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's actually gonna be uh, uh, show run by Terrence Winter from Boardwalk Empire. So you're, I think, I think you're right on the money with uh, the, the quality that's gonna come from it and the talent that's gonna want to be yeah. involved. Shay um, Wiggum will be in it somehow. Yeah, I'm just I'm really just hoping that it is not, you know, a retread of what they already kind of did with with Gotham. And it doesn't have to be Gotham. Gotham Central was not a Commissioner Gordon origin story, which would Gotham ended up being. And really, it's it, it started as that. But then it ended up being like, here's every single villain's origin story in a new way. And we're going to get to Batman at the end, which makes no goddamn sense. Um, so. Alicia, you know, as a comic book fan right now, it's kind of a, it's it's amazing to see that every week we get a new adaptation announcement. Um, it, does this interest you in any way? Did you read Gotham Central or maybe aware of it? And like, are you going to check this out? Um, I was aware of Gotham Central. I never read it. I mean, it's definitely something I've always said, like Batman is kind of this weird outlier in the DC universe, even though he's so involved with like the you know the big 
the, the, the holy trinity of Wonder Woman and Superman. But really, like, if you snapped your fingers and made all the other DC characters, like, disappear and it was just Batman, Gotham is its own universe. So not surprised, not mad about it. Don't think I wanted it necessarily, but I'll probably watch it. Yeah. Like, as long as it doesn't have dad rock like it did, that butt rock from Gotham. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey. No, the, um, you don't want to hear Nickelback on the new HBO Max series? Come on. You want to hear some Creed? Well, here's, here's the thing. Like, Switch the, the As I mentioned, the cast of the Batman, and I don't think a lot of things have been, like, quote-unquote confirmed. It's all, like, speculation of, like, who's playing who. But, like, I think... I think it, it has been said that, like, Paul Dano is going to be the Riddler. Um, you know, Zoe Kravitz is going to be Catwoman. Uh, Andy Serkis is going to be Alfred. Colin Farrell is playing the Penguin. Like, the cast of this is in, is just fucking insane, right? And, got, like, uh, Totoro is Carmine Falcone, which I think is a better yeah. choice than uh, Tom Wilkinson. If you know, I do enjoy Tom Wilkinson. And you got Peter oh, Sarsgaard. Sarsgaard is Gil Coulson. I don't know that character by name. I apologize. I think I think the rumor was that he was supposed to be playing um, he was supposed to be playing Two Face. I, I don't know if they're just trying to keep it under wraps to like throw I mean, us off. Could be. could be. I mean, he's too big to like just give some random role to. But what I'm saying is like, listen, we already had a Gotham Police Department focused show. Obviously, it became much more, or some would say, much less than that. Um, I personally would rather see a, a like a series or give me like a limited series about just Catwoman. Like I'd love to see that or give me a give me a limited series on, you know, uh literally any other character that's going to be in this movie. I don't need to see more Gordon because we saw like 30 seasons of it on Gotham, right? Like uh, again, 30 or 5, whatever. Uh I listen, I I've been dying to see a really good adaptation of the Riddler. And I feel like we're going to get that with Paul Dano, not to say anything. I, I love Jim Carrey's Batman forever version. You can probably watch that every day, but like after reading zero year, Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo's, uh, basically quasi origin of Batman retold, but with, uh, the Riddler as like, it, it made him like so formidable. It made him like, like a, an actual threat and like, one of the coolest villains in his rogues gallery, like one of the more underappreciated, he, they made him fucking awesome in that. And I'm so happy. Like I would love to see Dano kind of do that version of it. I kind of think that's where they're going to go with it. I hope I'd love to see more of that story continued. I, I don't know if I need to see another, uh, Gordon series, but again, I think cat would be ideal. I don't know. Get, Alicia, do you have, do you have like a pick of like what bat, adjacent character should get their own kind of spinoff on HBO Max. And this, listen, this could, this can spawn a few if, if the movie's good. Yeah. Uh, Calendar Man. Absolutely. Fuck yes. Just, yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. Just. <laughs> let's get, let's get Kite Man. I heard he's, I heard he's great in the, the animated series. Oh, oh, and Harley Quinn. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Like, honestly, between that take on him and Tom King, uh, Tom King's Tom like Hanks, depressing. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, so depressing. Uh, uh, Kite Man uh, of Spin. Um, honestly, like a newfound respect for for that character. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I, I don't want to cut you off, but like 
if I was HBO Max right now, I would take kind of like a left turn from what Marvel's doing, right? Like Marvel's building this cinematic universe, right? We know that DC, not great at it. Like they tried, they kind of failed. They're better with singular stories, right? Now that you have HBO Max, you have a ton of money. Do something, and because you mentioned Tom King, like do something cool, like like make a Watchmen-like series. Could be one and done, and do Tom King and Mitch Gerard's Mr. Miracle. Like do that. Like do these like maxi series turned adaptations, right? That would be fucking cool, and I think that would bring a lot of people to the platform where you get like. You know, an Oscar worthy or not Oscar worthy, but like an Emmy Emmy worthy limited series um, with like incredible talent. That's like one and done, like one or two seasons and you're out and you don't have to worry about fitting it into your universe. I think that would be fucking cool. I I watch that. I have something I think like you could still like you could dip a little bit into Gotham, but not too much. Hit me. Uh, just based off the animated, animated series, I would it's love. Ju- it's just Gordon's mustache. Like it's just a a, a, se- well, like a, a three a season arc. I mean, sign me up today. Yeah. But I would go with a Bullock because I think he was a great character. You really haven't explored too much outside of Gotham, and mm-hmm. uh, his partner on the animated series was uh, Reese Montoya. I think like oh, oh Renee Renee Montoya. Oh, it says Reese on the Wikipedia, so I might be wrong. So, uh, yeah, Renee they have, like, yeah, so, oh, Renee, I'm change. sorry. I just, I just had too much to drink. So I no, that's fine. But, yeah, so, so Renee, uh, yeah, so I yeah. would love to see that, and you get those characters maybe you're not seeing in Batman. Like, you still have Gordon. He's still the heavy. You used to have Jeffrey Wright. Hey, if you want to tie Jeffrey Wright into anything, you're fine. Jeffrey Wright is yeah. golden on HBO. Um, and have Bullock and Montoya as your, you know, your lead characters, and they kind of go around Gotham. They can take on uh, the Falcone Mafia. And then there's also, like, these kind of smaller or kind of ancillary characters from the Batman universe that they could take on and try and solve, you know, and try and solve these cases. Tying in that Watchmen-type vibe, where it's kind of a heightened reality, but mm-hmm. also like we're still like kind of tapping into something HBO likes to do that stylized period piece, which we're seeing right now in Perry Mason. And, yeah. and we already have, Asia, we already like, have our Renee Montoya, uh, which is uh, Rosie Perez. She played her in, uh, in birds of prey. And Alicia's, Alicia's got something to speak on right now. Here's an idea. Hit me. <laughs> I love it. The Arnold Palmer starting to kick in, gentlemen. Um, yeah. <laughs> and not the t- not the the type you can get in a tall can at Seven Eleven. Uh, yes. Um, hear me out, Renee. A a a, a true detective esque yeah Gotham PD series that follows a a young starting Renee Montoya partnered with whoever um, following a series of serial killings by Professor Pig. Yes. Yeah. Shut your butt. That's that great. Amazing. That's great. Um, It'd be awesome. I, that's that's some weird like time jumping though in terms of like I mean they can do whatever the fuck they want but like isn't wasn't Professor Pig He's in first God. shown in the, I know he was actually I was gonna say wasn't he first shown in the future 
when it was Damien as Batman. Like he's introduced in there, but then they bring him into the continuity. Like Grant Morrison brought him in. Um, I mean, no, because he he was in like the games and like the Arkham Knight games. Yeah, you're right. Before Damien was canon to the comics. No, 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 no. Wait, wait. you're saying that no. Yeah, Professor Pig was not. Professor Pig was first introduced in Batman 666, which showed a a distant future where Damien had become Batman. But then Morrison brings him back into... I see what you're saying. So it might have been Professor, like an older version of him, and then they bring him back. He has him in his run, either in Batman or Batman and Robin or Batman Incorporated. I forgot which one. Batman and Robin. Yeah, you can you can write it off like oh, yeah, it's a, you, you, it's a, you it's can a do whatever you want. like oh. serial killer or something. No, but like I, I I think that's great. But also like I'm also kind of tired of origin stories. Like I think there's so many great like what what that uh, what DC is doing with the animated movies, these direct to DVD or direct to streaming at this point. Like you know, um, Batman Year One, uh, Dark Knight Returns. Uh, you know, Tower of Babel, like these these famous graphic novels that they do, like like pretty strict slash loose adaptations of, and go straight to that. Like, there's so many great stories that have been created over time. I think you you have a great opportunity to make faithful adaptations, or at least take characters that we like and and do something cool with them. Um, I want to see more Rosie Perez. Like, fuck fuck a young Renee Montoya. <laughs> like, I've, I I would rather see her version of it like I, I love her as an actress and i love that they gave her the opportunity to you know play a huge role in in birds of prey and we're going to see more of her in a sequel uh, hopefully in some way and if if not then this is a good way to, to to continue birds of prey without spending a ton uh you know hundreds of millions of dollars that would be super cool because like if you're also selling an hbo series you're going with hopefully jeffrey wright you're going with rosie perez that's a big sell like that's a big yeah. sell for that series and um, it's a lot, and you could do it a lot without Batman being there, with but always alluding to him because you're in that universe, but not like yeah. being like, oh, this is this is Batman's going to be the one who's going to stop this criminal. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and I think because of because of Gotham, because of uh, the Arrowverse, I think we as fans are kind of getting tired of like the let's bring in this. C list, D list, B list character this season or for this arc. Like, I'd rather, uh, uh, you know, if they would ever do a question series, like, that's the focus, right? Like, make it about, you know, either I forgot the original question or who eventually takes over, Renee Montoya. Um, you know, like as I, I mentioned before, a Mr. Miracle series or even fucking Kite Man. Like, just give me the one character and then his rogues gallery and if it doesn't go that far then you shouldn't be pushing it and you shouldn't be bringing in more batman uh d-list or z-list villains for him to fight like that's they've done that to death on arrow and flash and all those shows like just i want good stories i don't want to just fucking see costumes anymore like i'm past that point we, we've we're spoiled gotham is just like fuck let's put every single bat adjacent thing that people care about and 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 you know swing for the fences and hope for the best because we have to fill like 20 episodes a season give me 
uh, an eight episode season of good quality television, I'd take that over five seasons any day. Give me fucking Ron Perlman back as Clayface. Uh, the solid gold. Give me Ron Perlman back as Hellboy. I know you have no no way you can do that, DC, because it's not your fucking not your property. But like, man, I really wish we got a third one of those movies. They were so good. We watched the first one again. It was on TV. So it's so it's so good. Del Toro, man, can't can't make bad bad movies. Love that guy. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, this has been a pretty solid episode, mostly because I got to nerd out about comics, and, and thank you, Alicia, for indulging me. Um, but yeah, so we usually end the episode uh, with uh, plugs. So Alicia, where can people find you on the interwebs? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Alicia Weinberg. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Being a childish millennial. Um, Love it retweeting everything about The Last of Us and uh, indie horror games. Well, <laughs> Which is not an indie horror game, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and I, I often don't like to cross-promote any uh, sites or anything, but you've written elsewhere recently. Oh, yes. I have recently contributed some freelance work to Comic Book Resources, also known as CBR. Yes, so and, you can uh, find find my article about um, uh, how the PS Vita made its way into The Last of Us 2. <laughs> wow, what a, what a niche what a niche article, and I love it. Um, and you can also uh, see Alicia's social media skills on the, the popbreak.com uh, Twitter page, which is at popbreak.com spelled out. Uh, Bill, where can people find you? Uh, now the bottom of the bottle right at this point. Um, oh, man. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm good. Uh, so, yeah, I'm at BodkinWritesWRITES on Twitter. Uh, it's mostly just stuff about wrestling, some you know, good social causes, mostly just stuff Alicia's found that I want to signal boost myself. Uh, again, Alicia, thank you for doing all that work and putting out some really great messaging for us uh, the past few months and in to do that in the future because uh, there's a lot of work that still needs to be done and uh, you're someone who's really helped amplify that so thank you for that man. Uh, but, of course bro yeah, I know. you give me those you give me those 8 in the morning texts on uh, Saturday morning say Bill I'm going to tweet this I'm like half, half awake I'm like just, just do it um <laughs> Uh, you can find it, of course, go to thepopbreak.com every single day. Of course, you can hear this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor. Uh, just look up Socially Distance. You'll find us. Or the Socially yeah. Distance podcast. And since you're already listening to this on a, a platform of some sort, uh, if you have the ability, leave us a review so uh, more people can find us. That would be amazing. And if you're just tuning in for the first time, hey, give us a, uh, like a subscribe. That would be pretty rad. Um, also, you know, like I said, check out <laughs> popbreak.com, thepopbreak.com, at popbreak.com, all spelled out on Twitter, uh, forward slash popbreak.com, all spelled out on Facebook. Uh, and finally, uh, at the popbreak, uh, at the pop break on Instagram where we're going to be restarting our uh, photographer series real soon. So check that out. Al, close this out. Thank you all for listening to socially distance and we will see you next week. Yeah. Check him out. He's at Al Manorino on Twitter. He doesn't want to promote himself. Uh, 
Oh, I definitely don't because mostly uh, I, my Instagram has become uh, just me showing off different beer that I've been drinking and the, the dad bod that I've been accumulating. And uh, my my Twitter has mostly been uh, uh, retweeting my favorite celebrities and hoping that they like my shit. Like Ava DuVernay. Who did it this yeah, week, so that hey, just happened. It was crazy. I've seen you verified, yes. dude. That's yeah, true. Uh, I got that blue check, and I, I use my powers only for evil. Uh, but yeah, thank you again for listening to uh, this week's socially distance, and we'll see you next week.